The title of the sermon today is the Mothers or Mothers of Sincere Faith. Mothers of Sincere Faith. And again, we're from Second uh, Timothy chapter one. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors <clears throat> with clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages had began, and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, but I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until the day that they what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in faith, love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. As I was thinking about Mother's Day and the importance of mothers, this scripture came to mind. And you see in this scripture, uh, point one that we're going to talk about, sincere faith of a grandmother was transferred to a mother and then through Timothy to Timothy. And Timothy was told to, as his mother and grandmother did, to fan into flame that gift. And he said to fear not preaching the gospel. Fear not being that man of God that your mother and your grandmother were. Do not be ashamed of that woman of God that your mother and that your grandmother was, but, but walk in that power and authority that I'm sure is in you. You've been anointed and appointed. And I thought, what better sermon to talk about today to share the importance of being a mother and the responsibility behind it, but when it's done correctly, how that it can transform lives for generations. You know, we always like to, to talk about the generational curses. But do you realize that your faith can be passed on to your children? 
And, and that's what it's about. And that's what you're seeing in this scripture. And those five points I just shared with you is what God reminds us today of. One, sincere faith. It's passed on to you or can be. Fan that faith into flame. Fear not preaching the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. You're anointed and appointed. That's the message that mothers should be telling their children. That's the message that all believers should be proclaiming. And I believe they do. So today, sincere faith. Faith that dwelt first in his grandmother Lois and Eunice and now dwells in you. Be sincere in that. Sincere is free of deceit, hypocrisy, and falseness. They are genuine. They are real. They are pure people. Again, that sincere faith will be passed on. And so today I want to honor all women that are 18 years and older. And I want you to come up front. All women that are 18 years and older. And and again, if you have a baby and you're below 18, I want you to come forward. But all women 18 and plus, because every time, guys, that, that we do, like we did last week or a couple weeks ago, every time that somebody is saved, we as a church say that we're going to mother them and we're going to help them grow in Jesus Christ. Now, you can line up in front of the camera because they're going to be showing up from up top. Otherwise, Heather, your face is going to be right in the middle of everything. Hey, hey, it's a lot better than Joe's face. Come on and line line this place up. Line this place up, man. 18 and older, I don't care if you're a mother or not. If you're below 18 and have a child, you're coming up because you're a mother. But God has entrusted you to be mothers of the gospel. Mothers of the gospel, think about that. Your sincere faith, when it's on fire and not full of fear and ashamed, is going to change the world, and it has. And I see that as I look up here today. Uh, I was thinking, you know, how many of you are up here or even in the church because your mother made you go to church? I'm a preacher because my mother made me go to church. Uh, but give you a secret, guys. Your children most likely will tell you they don't want to go to church at some point. And even when church is off, so even when you got the best children's church in the world, and they even think that themselves, they're not going to want to go to church at one point. Praise God for mothers that make that stand and, and people of faith that make that stand. Or I wouldn't be here where I'm at today. Mom, how many times did I tell you I didn't want to go to church? You know, probably every Sunday. But as I look up here, I see four generations of mothers up here. We see right here a mother that had two kids, that had a, a daughters through Jason back here with Holly. And then I just went blank on your daughter's name, but four generations, four generations of family that have been inspired by the word of God because of the mothers. You know, I look around here and I I saw the Comptons a second ago and where's Lawson at? Are they in here? Oh, they're standing back there. But, But we got, you know, 
Margaret, Jojo, Lacey, and now Lawson. Four generations. Think about that. Four generations of, of hearing the gospel. Man, the effect that it has on the world. It changes the world. So that's why we honor these gals today. Because they put up with the likes of me and the likes of many of you. And, and, but but you, we are who we are because of these wonderful people. And, and do we have five generations here today? I was looking around here. I don't think we do. We were close, I think. Who's a five generation? Five generations alive at this point. Alive. alive. That's awesome. Five generations. Give the Lord praise for that. Five generations that can affect the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. That's why we honor you today. And so today, uh, I'm going to ask that, that we pray over you guys. And we got a special gift for you. And uh, they're up here at these altars. But, but let's pray over these gals today. And, and anyway, I'm going to ask um, uh, Joe. And did you get a partner today? Landon, I want you guys to anoint them with oil and one start at one end. And, and if, you, if you anoint them with oil and take 20 minutes, we're going to be here 30 hours. So just throw a little oil on them, spit it on them if you have to, and, 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 and then I'll pray over them. Hey, remember your mothers, you can take anything. You know, you can take my immaturity at times, right? But man, look at this. We're lining the front and almost halfway to the back on both sides. A little over halfway, probably halfway, past halfway if we put them all out there. That's awesome. Now I look around at these babies. My goodness. Four brand new babies. By the way, we introduced Lawson back there. That Jojo, I wanted. So who's holding Lawson? Where's Lawson at? Ah. So Lucas has got Lawson. We need to pray. Uh, but Lawson, man, new baby. We got another new baby last night or this weekend, the 12th. Theo, what's the middle name? Philip. Yeah, I knew that. But Theo, Philip, Manival, praise God. Man, four, four babies. Four babies, man. And, and, and I think there's three more in the kitchen right now. Man, we're going to grow this church by seven. In the oven. Oh, in the oven. I'm sorry. I'm glad my wife's up here to correct me. We're looking over at the kitchen. But, but, but I don't mean they're in the kitchen. They're in the oven. And not my oven and not my wife's oven, praise God. So anyhow, uh, thank you for women because they keep me in line. But just think of the, the, how God touches us because women, how the, that you guys make a stand and, and correct your pastor when he says silly things. Praise God for women. Amen? Amen. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we do lift up these anointed women that are here today. Father, we thank you for their presence in our life, Lord. Even when they speak things we don't want to hear. Father, we thank you that they're not in fear. That they're not ashamed of the gospel. That they stand high and mighty in you and say, behold, the Lamb of God is in control of my life, and it's going to be in my family. And Father, I thank you for these women that have made strong sands over five generations in some places. Lord, I thank you 
Thank you for these women today. Father, I ask that you bless them, Lord. Father, you've already blessed them with wonderful children, but Father, bless them in all ways, Lord. Fulfill them in all ways, Lord. Father, I ask for a refreshing and a renewing of your Holy Spirit today, Father, that they can continue on in the anointing and appointing that's upon them. Father, that they can be bold for your kingdom. And Father, that they can change this world in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for them today. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise for these guys. did not know that. woman said that years ago you wore a white flower if your mother was alive. That's correct? Dead. Dead. And a red flower if your mother was alive. I did not know that. So if you guys want to just pass these little smelly things out, this hand lotion stuff that, that us guys can't take, uh, but hand them out and let the girls enjoy this uh, smelly, pretty lotion that, that, that's wonderful. Let's give the Lord a hand for these gals. After you get your... Your uh, gift, you can go ahead and sit down. Thank the Lord for these guys, I tell you. But what I want us to get out of the sermon is that, that all of us need to have a sincere faith. And a sincere faith that, that is pressed into God above all things. And, and it's in us. Uh, guys, even if you didn't have a great mother or a great father, uh, that sincere faith is in you because we were created to worship God. He's our father. And we were created for that reason. And that's the only place we're going to find fulfillment is in Jesus Christ. So we need to step into that sincere faith that we, we were operating in it. And it is in you. And when you receive Christ, you receive everything. And we need to remember that today. But as Paul was telling Timothy, he's telling us today that we too need to fan into flame that gift that's in us, that faith that is in us. And again, for this reason, faith, this gift, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. So we see that Paul is challenging Timothy to fan into flames his gifts, his faith, his anointing. But the other side of that is he was telling him that, but he was also encouraging him. And guys, I'm here today and Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here today to encourage you in the gift that you have, in the things that God has been given you. And in Timothy's case, for that special anointing and power from the Holy Spirit to fulfill his ministry. But guys, I say that to you today though. You know, fan into flame that gift, that gift that God has given you, that special anointing for you to accomplish what God has called you to do in ministry. Every person in this room has been called and are anointed and appointed to preach the gospel. Uh, I don't think we get a hold of that sometimes. If we're, we're living life for no other reason than to proclaim the gospel. And people don't want to hear that. Well, that's not true. God put us here to be prosperous in the gospel. Prosperous in the things of God. 
And, and that's what Paul was reminding Timothy of, that that has ran down to your father and it is now to you. We need to be prosperous in the things of God because he's called us to a ministry of reconciliation, meaning bringing our children to Christ, bringing our friends to Christ, bringing our family to Christ, bringing people to Christ. That is our ministry. Amen? But Paul was encouraging him and challenging him because spiritual gifts and all these things don't come automatically. They're in us automatically, but we must remain strong and, and vital in these things. We must fan them into faith. In other words, we know that God, by the laying on of hands, we have salvation. That's a gift. But if we set on our salvation and do nothing with it, we will struggle our whole life. But if we take that salvation and that gift that God has placed in us and begin to fan it, it's going to change our lives and everybody's lives that we come in contact with. That's preaching the gospel. That's the anointing that we have to bring people to Christ. You know, the fruit of the Spirit that is in us Jesus attributes that are that are in me. If you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can't any longer say, I don't have patience. I don't have self-control. I don't have kindness or faithfulness. I don't have these things. That's not true. Because when you accept Christ as Lord, these things, these attributes of Christ are in you. You must fan them into flame. So if you don't have patience... Well it up, there's a, there's a little, little bit of a fire, a little bit of a, what do they call that, coal? A little spark in there. Fan it in the fire and you'll have patience. You'll have the joy because these are in us. So Paul's reminding and encouraging, challenging Timothy, fan it in the flame. You got it. Fan it in the flame. And then in the spiritual gifts, guys, you know, I thought about that, that, that he's encouraging him and probably specifically talking about the spiritual gifts here in this passage. But he's, he's saying to them that their giftings and the anointing, everything you need, I placed in you. Paul was encouraging him that God has placed these things in him and he's trying to, to encourage him and tell him to walk in these things. And then I thought about that in prophecy and pastor work, teaching, wisdom, knowledge, exhortation, discerning of the Spirit, giving, helps, mercy, missionary, evangelist, hospitality, faith, leadership, administration, miracles, healing, tongues, interpretations of tongues, voluntary poverty, celibacy, intercession, deliverance, service, apostle, leader, worship. I just rattled off a bunch of spiritual gifts that, that can reside in the people. And I believe that we can operate in all those gifts at one time or another. That we can move out in these gifts that God didn't withhold anointing from us. He didn't withhold anointing from Timothy. He said, these are the gifts of the Spirit. These are the characteristics of Christ. You have salvation. Now, burn them. Burn in them. Set them on fire. I'm quiet in here today. 
Because God's encouraging us in who we are. So we shall fear not. Point three. You see, a lot of times, uh, let's just read this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Now, this is all the same sins. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So we see Timothy here must have been in fear about operating in who he was in Christ. Apparently, he may even been battling being ashamed because Paul talks about that later. And I got to thinking, how many times is that me that I fear getting up here on Sunday mornings and proclaiming the gospel because I want you to like me And sometimes what the gospel says upsets you. Sometimes when I'm hanging out with friends, I fear saying certain things because I don't want to offend them the way I believe. And so was Timothy operating in fear. I believe he was struggling with that or Paul knew like himself that someday we would battle fear Uh, proclaiming the gospel how many of you sat there and you know that God's told you to witness to somebody and you don't do it if you don't have your hand up you're not telling the truth because that's your pastor a lot of times I'll sit back there and think oh God will do this instead or God will do that yeah maybe in spite of me but he asked me to do it and so you know we fear proclaiming the gospel sometimes and that's what peter or paul was trying to to explain to him but let's tell you what fear means here fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous likely to cause us pain or threat so danger is a possibility of suffering harm pain is a physical suffering Threat is a statement of intention to inflict pain, injury, damage, or other hostile action on someone and retribution for something done or said. Fear. Paul has been very clear that fear is not a gift from God. Very clear. When we feel fear threatened by people, threatened by danger, threatened by pain, uh, whatever it may be, that is not from God. Sometimes the fear of our health occupies all of our time more than a fear of God. Sometimes fear of what people think and doing what God's called us to do is on our mind more than God is. And we need to get past that into recognizing who God is. And the reason I think that, I googled the top 10 fears in the USA. Not one of them was God. Fears, the top 10 in the USA are fear of a corrupt government. Wow. Fear of illness. Fear of Russia nuking us. Fear of dying, four. Fear of wars, five. 
Uh, fear of pollution is, is the next one. Money, not having it's a fear. The economy's a fear. Pollution in oceans is a fear. Biological warfare is the last fear. That's the top 10 fears in America. You can see the percentages behind me. It's a pretty small font, but I don't know if you can read it. But Paul wasn't even talking about those fears. But we're the same way, though. Is I hear that scripture quoted more when we need something. God hadn't given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And we use it for lots of other things, which there's nothing wrong with that. But what Paul was talking about here was the fear to preach the gospel. And most of us fear that more than anything. Just like Timothy, we have a temptation to go hide in a hole. We have the temptations not to say anything to our sons and our daughters. We have the temptations to stand by at work and not say a word when a word needs to be said. That's the fear that Paul was talking to Timothy about. You should not fear what man think. You should fear God and who he is and, and preach the word. And again, don't take it out here. Oh, Kent said we can't use that scripture for when there's a tornado coming. God hadn't given me the spirit of fear because there's tornadoes. I was in Oklahoma this last week. There were three, and, and they were right close to us. But that fear tries to creep in, and I think of this scripture. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I stood on that when these tornadoes were going, and I had a peace when they stayed south of us. So I'm not saying it's wrong to use that there, but, but in true text, Paul was talking about a fear of preaching the gospel. And that's what we need to deal with the church more than anything, is a fear of proclaiming Jesus everywhere we go. Everything we do, all that we're about, because God's put it in us. If we were operating in, in that attitude, we would be building on constantly. If we did not fear telling people about Christ, fear to lay hands on somebody to heal them, fear to deliver a demon, fear to stand and oppose sin, this just church would be full. And it's pretty full today, but we'd have to build on. Guys, you will suffer for the gospel when you're truly standing for the gospel. Just make a stand in, in your, your hangout places for Christ and see if you get invited back. You fear not getting invited back more than proclaiming the gospel. Hey, it's me. I want to be liked too. That fear that nobody invites Karen and I to go to things because they can't be who they are. We battle that as a pastor and his wife. But we must 
suffer, not being liked, not being accepted, and maybe even outcast because we fear God more. We cannot fear losing our family because if we don't say anything, we're going to lose them anyway. Do you realize if you let your children do their own thing and nothing changes and they go to hell, you've lost them. That's permanent. I would rather lose my children now for a season than lose them for all eternity preaching the gospel. This may upset some people. I didn't have my notes, but I'm going to say it. But I would literally lay my hand on Karen's belly when she was pregnant and pray, if Amy is not going to live for you, Lord, and, and die a believer, take her now. Before she was born, we prayed, I prayed that almost daily. When Joshua was in her belly, I would lay my hand on it and say, Lord, if Joshua is not going to live for you and die a believer, then take him now. Because babies aren't accountable and they'll go to heaven. And it bothered Karen the first time she heard Jeremy do it. Why would you pray that? Then I explained and she said, yeah, let's pray that. But we fear what people think more than we love our children. Luke 6, said, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and reveal you and spurn your name as evil on account of the son of man. If you don't got a little bit of that going on, then maybe you're not doing it. Maybe when we back up, if you don't have some of that going on, maybe you are scared to speak the gospel. And maybe you need delivered of that fear today. First Peter 5.10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. God's got you. Point four, so don't be ashamed. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about your Lord, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. We cannot be ashamed of who we are, but we need to share our testimony about Christ to all people. God has called us to share in the suffering for the gospel. And I don't mean, I'm real shady on this one because I hate it when people go around, oh, God has put this on me. God did not gift you with sickness. And I've prayed for people that believe God gifted them with a sickness to witness. Joe and I prayed for a guy the other day that believed that God gifted him with demonic affliction because none of us are strong enough to take it. That's an ego there. So he's gifted to be a martyr for us. 
Come on. I don't, I don't, I don't talk about that suffering. Jesus healed on the Sabbath and proved to the Pharisees that God wants to change lives on the Sabbath. But many people walk in defeat because they are ashamed of the gospel or they may fear the gospel, speaking it. Shame causes weakness, sickness, and death. Judas was ashamed for his stand in the last time and turning Christ in and not having faith and being that witness that he should have been and throwing down the pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and he went and hanged himself. Shame will defeat you. Fear of preaching the gospel will defeat you. Humiliation. And we could talk about Amalek in Judges 9-4 when Gideon ordered his armor bearer to kill him. Fear that Saul had, he fell on his sword. When we aren't witnesses, and I may have used the wrong name in the second one, but, but when we are not witnesses like we should be, it wears against us, and we don't even realize it sometimes, and, and, and that fear and humiliation weakens us and causes a sickness and death in our lives. But just like sin causes sickness and death in the believer when they continue to marvel in it, but not the global Methodist church. I experienced another move of God Friday at Heartland uh, GMC Summit in Bethany, Oklahoma. But what really intrigues me is they are guarding against this, this Pharisee attitude or against this I used a good word earlier talking to you. Institution. Institution. That that every time I've been to one, they have a time of prayer and self-examination to make sure we, this new affiliation, does not fall into the same old trap. Because that, that, that spiritual sickness got into the UMC to where they were ashamed of the full gospel of Jesus Christ. But many Christians are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The USA is ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we are afflicted. But Bible believers like us need to stand up and have prayer and self-examination so that we don't fall into that trap. But we rise above that trap to bring others to Christ. That's the gospel. 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew and first, first to the Jew and then also to the Gentile. That's the power that we operate in Romans 1.16 says. Paul said himself, that's the power that needs to reside in you and the power that needs to explode out of you that God has not gave you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He's going to give you the power, the love to accomplishment, and a sound mind. I hear it all the time, I'm losing my mind. We'll operate in the power of God and his love and you'll have a sound mind. God has saved us, called us in a holy calling. Just use what you have. In the place of fear and shame, God has given you power, love, and self-control. So that you can be witnesses for Jesus Christ. If we're battling fear and shame, we overcome it through the power of God and his love and self-control. Through prayer, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Sound mind? Pray. Struggling with a sound mind? Pray. Struggling with power? Pray. Struggling with love? Pray. Revelations 12, 1, and they overcame or they conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they loved not their lives even unto death. We accept Jesus Christ and the power of the blood. The lamb covers us and that we are a testimony of Jesus Christ and we didn't love our lives unto death. We gave our lives to tell others about Jesus Christ. In closing, point five, you've been anointed and appointed. God has saved you and called you for his purpose. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. Guys, you're called to a holy calling. It's God's calling. It's holy. Not because of your works, but because of his own purpose and grace. God's called you for his purpose, not yours. God's purpose is you to do everything possible to win people to Jesus Christ. And however you do that is fine, but God's made that purpose for you. Meaning you can work at a pig farm and be a minister for Christ. You can be a representative and be a minister for Christ. But our ultimate goal is to be in that position to, again, glorify God as a banker And bring people to Christ. So if you're a believer today, I want you to stand to your feet and the praise team can come forward. And I assume the praise team's believers or they wouldn't be on the praise team so they can come on forward.
And I'd get in trouble for saying that in some churches because a lot of churches hire the unbeliever to play their music, to get them in the church. I'm not going to argue with them. But let's save them and then bring them into the church. Because you've been anointed and appointed. Don't see anybody sitting down. Or is there people sitting down? If there is, I don't see you. You have been anointed and appointed. You have been called as to a calling, a holy calling. Not because of you, but because of his purpose. His grace. And God has anointed and appointed you to tell others about Jesus Christ. And someday, like we honored these mothers today, we're going to be in heaven and God's going to honor us because we passed on their faith to the next generation and the generation and the generation after that. So the challenge today is God guards his heart, your hearts. 1 Timothy 1.12 said, I am convinced that it, he is able to guard your heart. Paul said, God will guard your heart. He's got your back. You're covered. He goes before you uh, by day and by night. He's in front of you. But then Paul challenges you in verse 14, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within you, salvation, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Jesus has deposited a calling into you and it's holy and it's pleasing and it's all that's going to fulfill you. Until you're operating in that calling, you're going to be a miserable Christian. God has put a calling upon each one in here and he's anointed you and appointed you. He's guarding you. He's with you. He's provided for you. But it's up to us to guard our faith. And Paul said we do it by following the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So it's back to the Word of God. It's back to prayer. It's back to the simple things. You guard your faith, as we preached last week, first by being obedient. Use what you have. You already got it. And then stand together and divide and conquer. Stand together with Christ, your wife, whoever it may be, where two or more are gathered together. God is with them. Divide and conquer. And you will see a divine intervention. And if you didn't hear that sermon last week, you need to go back and listen to it. So the altar call is here today. If you think you're here for, in this world, breathing this air for any other reason than to build God's kingdom, you're forsaken. You're not on the right track. Believers are here, and those that have sincere faith, you're fanning it in the flame. 
You fear not what other people are. What, what do you fear today? You know, girls get pregnant because they fear not having a man. We do dumb things and make bad decisions because we fear. What do you fear today? Maybe we need to lay that down at the altar today. But again, the meaning and the point of the service today is, are you preaching the gospel? And if not, you need to lay your fears down. If you're ashamed of the gospel, you need to repent and say, Father, forgive me for being ashamed of you. Guys, realize the scripture says you deny me before man, I'll deny you before God, and that's Jesus' words. It's a big deal to be ashamed. And I know some of you are because you turn the other way when Joe goes into the school. You don't want to associate with a pastor sometimes. You're embarrassed, you're ashamed. I don't know. But are we ashamed to say who we are? And then I remind you that you're anointed and appointed. These altars are open today. They're for you. Nobody's going to twist your arm to come. But I challenge you to deal with what God's put on your heart today. Or you're going to be in the same place you were when you came in. And God wants you to go out here full of him. So, Father, we've heard your words today. Father, let us get a hold of how important you are in our lives. How important that salvation is, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the calling that's upon our life to operate in the giftings. Father, how holy that calling is upon our life. Lord, let it be a, a, a holiness to us. I, I can't explain it, Lord, but, but we need to set high that calling on our life and we need to respect it more than anything. But Father, help us today. Fathers, I pray a lot. Father, I believe, but help my unbelief. Father, help us today to walk the way you called us to walk, to be a church that you called us to church, Lord. Father, help us to look at our inside, Father, and, and, and look at our hearts, Lord, and examine our hearts to see that they are full of you and that no fear, no anxiousness, nothing stands between us and you. Father, that if any sin stands between us, that we confess it and we give it to you. But Father, we want all of you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.